Hi, people. All right. Hey, it's your Uncle Jimmy here at the Rock and Roll Garage. Kicking out the jams, bringing you Grease the Wheels, the Technician Podcast that shoots out of your earbuds, your speaker on Thursdays, usually Thursdays, right? Unless we forget to download it. <laughs> Happens. Hey, uh, before I get started, I want to just say thank you very much for what you do. Helping to keep the planet moving. Uh, in the best situation possible, you keep the planet moving away from me. Thank you very much for that. I don't need anybody near me. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate what you do. And I uh, want to say thank you. And well, there's not a lot of a, appreciation out there for what we do. It's unfortunate. What I got on tap for you today is, uh, and this is kind of a, I don't know, I, I, I let me just say it's a jokey kind of a subject. It's kind of bullshit. It's definitely not kind of bullshit. It, it is genuine, honest to God, grade A American made bullshit. Uh, found an article on Forbes right? I'm already behind the eight ball there. Uh, they they typically do articles and uh, provide information for people who work in offices, white collar people, you know, people who work in insurance companies and uh, lawyers offices and banks and shit like that. You know, people who don't get dirty at work. <laughs> uh, you know, I got I to gotta be honest with you. Uh, there's a great reason why I find these articles and then jumble them up and, and pass them off onto you because nobody's writing articles for automotive technicians or technicians of any kind, quite frankly, to read or to, to get information from, especially about things like this. Uh, nobody's out there doing it. I'm th- I feel like I'm the only one doing it. I'm like the town crier for the whole fucking planet as far as auto mechanics go. I'm, I'm the only one out there disseminating information in the most haphazard and obscene and explicit manner possible and fucking feeding it to you guys. And if you're listening and you like it, I appreciate you listening. Uh, if you like it, I'm happy that you like it. If you don't like it, eh, what can I do? Uh, I do what I do. Uh, this is my style. It's terrible. It's coarse. It's rude. It's mean. It's obnoxious. It's everything I was as a kid. Still was. This particular article by Forbes, which I got to say right now, again, is aimed at white collar people. You know, the type. They come in and complain that you're not fixing their car right when they, they could cross-thread the cap on their toothpaste. The name of the article is 10 Things Never, comma, ever to tell your manager. Now, like I said, it's aimed at uh, white-collar people, but I'm just going to read it uh, here, at least in the beginning, and then we'll make some comments on it. You know the, you know the style. You like the style. I like the style. Uh, here's how it starts out. When your manager disappoints you by failing to do something you want them to do, which is a great opening sentence. Really no truer words have ever been spoken. Your manager disappoints you by failing to do something you want them to do. You know, I've talked about this a million times. People have had a million managers, really, not a million. That's hyperbole. I've had quite a few. Uh, Not even close to a million, sorry. Lots of times they do things I wish they wouldn't. But uh, sometimes they do things I'm glad they did. But uh, it, it seems to be that the ratio is heavier of them not doing things I want them to do. And it sentence goes on here. It says, the first question to ask yourself is, how would it help my manager to give me what I want? Well, now that question's ridiculous. How would it help my manager to give me what I want? How would it help him if I get what I want? I don't know. That's uh, It just sounds kind of narcissistic to me. It doesn't really uh, make a lot of sense as far as I'm concerned. Uh, would it help my manager if he gave me what I needed? Maybe that would be better. I think that that would be a more automotive way of saying it. How would it help my manager if he gave me what I needed? Because what I want is, uh, well, what I, I don't want to tell you what I want because it's obscene, but <laughs> how would it help my manager if he gave me what I needed? And then and really that therein lies the problem. There's a lot of things that we need in our shop and I'm sure in your shop and it would help 
probably get cars out quicker maybe, or maybe help me do my job better. And that would help my manager. That's how it would help my manager. If he gave me what I needed to do my job better. Okay, so to move on here, it says, so what if getting promoted would be good for you, the organization and its customers? Well, now, see, that doesn't really fit us. Because as I've said before, if you're an auto mechanic, you're pretty much going to be an auto mechanic forever. And there's no real promotion from that. I mean, certainly you could go from being an apprentice or a lube tech and move up into a, a journeyman's position or a uh, master a master technician's position. Uh, and these are really, these would be considered promotions, but you typically have to demonstrate that you are able to move from one to the other. It's not uh, something that you get promoted to because you did one thing well. You just have to perform every day. There's a big difference there, okay? And it doesn't give you, it doesn't really give you any more authority. What it should give you is is the recognition for the ability to do the job and then move on to the next phase of that job, okay? Moving from a, a lube guy to an apprentice means that not only uh, have you mastered the, the uh, job, you mastered the occupation of just being a lube guy, now they can move you up to an apprentice where you're gonna handle more difficult jobs and then you go to being a journeyman and the jobs get more difficult and then eventually get to the point where you're a master and that job should typically be, uh, well, it should be the most difficult job uh, in the shop. It should be all the difficult tasks that have to be done in your particular shop or dealership. That's the promotions that you're going to get. The only other way you can really promote, get promoted is to move into management, which I don't recommend, or to move up as to a service advisor's position. And if you're not a people person, it would definitely be a bad move. Okay. So none of that matters when you're, uh, so if getting promoted would be good for you, the organization and its customers, I Got to be honest with you, gentlemen and ladies, all six of you, if you're listening, typically uh, technicians such as myself are kind of explicit and obscene and we swear a lot. We fucking do. I mean, we're just fucking swearers. That's all. I mean, what kind of shit are you talking about, you fucking asshole? I'm talking about swearing. I'm talking about being impolite or rude or obscene, obnoxious. It's just something the technicians come, they, they just do it. Some of them don't. Sure, some of them don't. Some of them can talk to a customer for hours without mentioning what a bunch of fucking assholes they are, but I'm not one of them. So would I move into a position that would be good for you or the organization or the customers? I'm not looking to do that myself personally, okay? So uh, here's what it goes on to say. None of that matters when you're dealing with a fearful a fearful manager. Now, I I'm I kind of like that term, a fearful manager, fearful. He's full of fear. He's a fearful manager. Uh, I'm not sure why they're, why they're mentioning that here. Okay. I think a lot of managers are fearful, uh, but not, I, I don't think that's the accurate word. A lot of managers are maybe anxious a little bit because they're in charge of people. They're in charge of what happens and when it doesn't go right. And uh, a lot of times nowadays, if you've got a lot of uh, entry-level people, I want to say people instead of idiots, but you have a lot of entry-level level, level uh, technicians, you have a lot of entry-level guys, maybe they, they were students last week even, uh, you're going to have problems. And if you're a manager, this can make you anxious. But you know what? It's kind of your fault because that's all that's out there. Because you had experienced technicians maybe at one point in time, or maybe the manager before you did, but they're gone for whatever reason. They retired, they died, they quit, they didn't make enough money and they wanted to raise and you couldn't give it to them. So they left, whatever, whatever reason. Okay, that would make you an anxious manager. I don't want to say fearful anymore. Okay, I'm not gonna. That might be. Uh, that might be something that they say throughout this article. I'm not gonna say it. I'm just gonna say an anxious manager. None of that matters when you're dealing with an anxious manager. If seeing you move up to a new position would hurt your manager, or if they think it would hurt them, then they will never be your advocate. I don't. 
Ah, I see. See, here's a whole white collar thing creeping in. I don't need a, a manager. I don't need anybody really to be my advocate. Uh, I'm my own advocate and believe me, I do just fine at it. Thank you very much. There was no benefit to you in telling your manager about the two headhunters who called you. Uh, here again, headhunters are something that corporations use to find qualified candidates to fill white collar jobs. Uh, in our in our position, at least as auto mechanics, we have a lot of word of mouth if you're interested in having a better job and making more money or maybe moving to a different place, then certainly you will be the one who uh, head hunts or job hunts. Let's put it that way, okay? Uh, there's no benefit in, in telling your manager about job hunting. And it's true. You know, I mean, if you have a manager and you're trying to get him to, to I don't know, do his job, mentioning that you're looking around for a new job instantly ru- ruins any credibility and any kind of uh, connection any kind of relationship you might have with that particular boss. Now, what happens then is that they have no incentive to help you. Okay, so these are kind of things that you don't want to say to your service manager. Now, they will undoubtedly see you as a disloyal employee who doesn't appreciate all the wonderful things they've done for you. Right. Okay, like putting a glass slipper on my foot the next day. It's it's a fucking fairy tale, boys and girls. They will undoubtedly see you as a disloyal employee who doesn't appreciate all the wonderful things that they've done for you. I got to agree with that. I don't. I don't appreciate all the wonderful things they've done for me. You know why? Because they haven't done really all that many wonderful things for me. Mostly what I get when I'm dealing with managers, and I I hope this isn't the case for you, but I'm afraid it probably is, is I get great big bucketfuls of shit about what they don't like, what's gone wrong, and and usually it's a general statement. You know, you might have one or two guys who fuck something up, and then they call up in a team meeting, they get in front of all the technicians, maybe, you know, 5, 10, 20, maybe even 30 or 40 technicians, and they start berating all of you about something that one or two of you did, or maybe just one guy did. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's one of the things I, I, really, I really dislike about managers is uh, that they have a tendency, and I've invented this, I invented this phrase. I'm here to take credit for it right now, goddammit. They, what they do is they manage from the negative. They manage from the negative. And I have told, I've told a few managers in my time, I say, listen, if you address us as employees, as a group, the message has to be positive. End of sentence, okay? If you want to use what they call the sandwich method or the Oreo method, either one of them is like a sandwich. The Oreos are kind of a, a sandwich cookie, I guess you could say. But if you want to if you want to put a point across that somebody has fucked something up or done something wrong or that people are doing something incorrect, you have to make a sandwich out of it. It's like shit, okay? The more bread you have, the less shit you have to eat. You have to do the same thing with your negative comments about how we're doing our jobs. And, and I could demonstrate it, okay? And I don't, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'd be a good manager. I would not be a good manager. But what I would say is, in this particular case, say, listen, you guys work hard. I know you work hard. I see you work hard. You do a really good job. But there are times when some of you fuck things up like this and this and this particular situation. I need for that shit to come to an end. If I see any more of that, I'm going to have to come back here and I'm going to have to grab whoever it is by the fucking throat and and throw them out the building and fire them. Because I don't want to see that shit anymore. That's no good. I can't have that. All right. I need for you guys to do good work. You are doing good work. Stop doing bad work. Stop doing bad work now. Okay. There's no way I can roll down in here and tell you, hey, we're going to have some raises when I've got all of this fucking crap going on. Okay. So get rid of the crap and we'll get you paid more. 
or at least we'll try. It's all I can do. I can't make any promises. Now, if your manager came down and said something like that, you'd be like, okay, he knows we do a good job and we fuck up every once in a while. Okay. And he wants us to not fuck up. Okay, great. If you can, you need to try not to fuck up. And, and not because, you know, the company might lose money or somebody might have to file an insurance claim or a, or a customer is going to pull that whole, I'm never coming back here again. I'm going to tell all my friends all to a all one and a half of them. You know, you don't, nobody needs that shit. The managers always have to hear that shit. Nobody wants to hear that shit, okay? If you're doing shit that fucks you up at your job, okay? Even if you feel underpaid, even if you feel like you're you're, you're unappreciated, like I think a lot of us do, you're underpaid. I think all of us are underpaid. When somebody comes back and tells you, say, listen, we gotta have you stop doing this or that, you probably should. Because even if you're the best employee in the world and you wreck a customer's car and then you follow it up next week by wrecking another one, you're not going to be considered a good employee. You're going to be considered a wreck it Ralph. Okay. You're going to be considered somebody who fucking damages shit. And depending on how contrite you are, which means basically that you're sorry, has a big, it's a big factor in whether or not they believe, they honestly believe that you did it on an accident, that it was an accident. Okay. Because there are some people out there and I've seen them, I've seen them wreck stuff and don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're like, oh, I identified that guy's car. Pfft, sucks to be him. <laughs> well, it sucks to be you because you're fired. Let's get back on track here. We're talking about things you should not say to your manager. Uh, they have no incentive to help you advance. Now they will undoubtedly see you as a disloyal employee who doesn't appreciate all the wonderful things that they've done for you, whether they've ever done anything for you or not. That was in parentheses. That's that really sums it up right there. It's like this lady works in my shop. If your manager is anxious anyway, your disclosure could only be expected to raise their anxious level. She keeps writing fear. I'm, I'm not sure fear is the right word. And when we're talking about, you know, maybe when we're talking about white collar employees who value every everything that they own in, in, a, in a very uh, kind of a, I don't know, a very materialistic way, fear would be good. But as far as auto mechanics go and people who have to deal with us, fear ain't, ain't the word. Anxious maybe works a little better. Fear is not going to work. Fear and hostility are two sides of the same coin. Heh. Okay. Well, that doesn't really work for me. Fear and hostility. Uh, anxiety and hostility are two sides of the same coin. Uh, I'll take how not to make sense for 400, Alex. That just didn't make any sense. Anxiety and hostility are like a coin. Both sides are equal to the same amount. That would be better. You could have wrote that instead. Anyway, you must get out of that job as fast as you can without jumping from the frying pan and into the fire. Here are 10 things never, ever, ever to tell your manager. Number one, never tell your manager when you're job hunting unless there are special circumstances. Well, uh, I, I got to be honest with you, okay? That may be uh, sound advice for somebody who works in a white collar kind of an arrangement. It is not, however, sound advice if you're working in a shop, Okay. Because as I've said before, and here it comes, boys and girls, every fucking week, Uncle Jimmy has to spout off the same horseshit. Well, here it comes. There is, ladies and gentlemen, and I say ladies, all six of you, there is an excruciating shortage of technicians. It's worse than you think. It is certainly way worse than your employer is going to let on. Do you know why? It's pretty simple. If your employer let on to you that he is having an enormous amount of difficulty finding technicians to put to hire in your shop, okay? If he let on to how excruciating that is, that empowers you. In other words, what it says to you is, hey, he can't fucking replace me. The supply has dwindled to nil, okay? 
they're looking at now that I've heard, I've seen the white flag go up, boys and girls. I've seen the white flag has, has appeared on the horizon. My boss recently mentioned that he's going to have to start hiring entry-level technicians. This is a bad, 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 one more time, bad thing to do. It's, it's bad. It's wrong. Okay. Number one, <clears throat> well, let me explain why. Okay. I work for a premium luxury brand premium the services that we sell and that we perform are also premium you are not going to get premium work out of a new hire that is entry level you're not you are not there is almost nobody who walks in the door and instantly knows how to do the job the best they can the best as as well as anybody else can or as well as you would like for them to do it. They bring with them an empty fucking head and they're full to the brim with questions. Oh, how does this work? How does that work? It's just, it's not conducive towards what you're doing. It is not a good idea at all. Now, let me say this. We have hired a couple of people in the last couple, two, three years that I've been where I'm at now and they have worked out. They have, but because I believe, honestly, that they're extraordinary people. They've come in, they've had the right attitude, which is super important. It's like probably the most important thing in the world. They have the proper attitude, okay? If you come in and you feel like you know everything and nobody can tell you anything and you have a shit attitude, you might as well fucking quit on day one because the other technicians will make your life hell on purpose. So you can see, guess what? Yeah. You're not all that much. You're not all that great. We've been lucky where I work. We have a couple of of people that we hired. And I want to say pretty much right off the street. I mean, it's not exactly how it went, but but uh, they came in with uh, almost, I mean, really literally zero experience and some training. And they have become, really, they've become superstars. They, they're, they're very good at what they do. They're still learning. They're still growing. They're still getting better, but they have great attitudes. They work hard. Love them, but they are as rare as Fabergé eggs, ladies and gentlemen. They're as rare as as the Hope Diamond. It just it, they're not out there. They're not out there looking around. We got lucky. So with entry level people, I think it's a bad idea. Uh, here's some other reasons why that's not a really good idea. Sometimes they don't. They don't. They're well, first off. They're they're just not going to have the tools they need. And really, I think in a lot of cases they should not buy tools right away anyway because they're going to need to see. They're going to need to find out if the job is right for them. And I would say that if you hired five entry level kids, I mean kids. I can say kids. I'm an old enough guy. I can say kids. I can say grandkids if I want. Fuck that. If I hire five entry level kids, after two months, two of them will be gone. After six months, another one will be gone. And after a year, all but one of them will be gone. And after a year, you'll wish that that one who didn't leave is gone. Okay, here's why. Here's why. This is something that no real service manager is ever going to kind of wrap his mind around. Okay, he's just going to hire somebody. He's going to fucking show them where the shop is. And he's just going to turn them loose. And he's going to be somebody else's fucking problem. And that's the problem. He needs to be mentored. Or in my case, he needs to be tormented. Okay. He needs, he's going to have all kinds of questions. He's not going to know how to do anything except pick his nose. I'm not going to be able to count on him to do anything correctly unless I absolutely show him exactly how I want it done. 
And even then he's going to fuck that up. I have to tell him what he has to read. I have to show him where to find what he needs to read. I'm going to have to force him to do things that he doesn't want to do because it's not fun or easy. Holy shit, this job isn't fun or easy. No shit, it's not fun or easy. Sometimes it's fun and sometimes it's easy. It's almost never fun and easy altogether. It's kind of a shock to some fucking people when they show up that the job is as hard as it is. And then there's things that, they, that just, just intrinsic things that they don't know that you and I know. I mean, for Christ's sakes, we know that if we get a vehicle in, a car, and it's got problems with the O2 sensors, and we look at the coolant temp sensor, and we see the coolant temp sensor isn't working right, we know that that's the problem and not the O2 sensors. What would a new guy do? Just replace the O2 sensors, and when he came back in a week and it had O2 sensor faults, he'd be like, what the fuck? We know that the car has to heat up. Car has to be at operating temperature for O2 sensors to work. If the coolant temp sensor isn't working right or if the thermostat is stuck open, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong there, right? These are things that we know that they don't know. And you can try to teach them, but are they going to remember it for next time? Eh, Who knows? Maybe they will, maybe they won't. We got some now, they will remember it. But as far as hiring somebody else to uh, come in and take your place, go ahead and tell them you're looking for a job. Fuck it. The replacement for you is not out there. They're hiring the new guys, people. Tell them you're job hunting if you're not getting the if you're not getting the wages that you expect that you should get that you would expect for someone with your experience and training and and uh, knowledge and your ability and your attitude even they need to pay and if they won't then you'll go somewhere where they will and in our particular case in our particular case if you tell your manager you're job hunting that should light a fire under his ass that should put some wind in his fucking sails to get you some more money. Because if you say you're out there job hunting, I can guarantee you somebody else is going to offer you more money than you're making where you are now. I can almost guarantee it. Might have to move, might have to move to another state even, but you're going to make more money. You may even be doing exactly the same thing you're doing now, but you're going to make more money. The, the, the shortage is that excruciating. Okay. So when they say, don't tell your manager you're job hunting, I say, fuck that. Throw that fucking, throw that piece of advice right out the fucking window for you as an automotive mechanic, for as a mechanic of any kind, really, because mechanics are just basically across the board in short supply. And if you tell your manager you're looking for a job and he says, oh, well, fuck you, and you leave, he's going to try to replace you with somebody who just got out of a trade school five days ago who hasn't even taken the wrapper off of all of his tools. And when they bring him a car to fix, which you would have diagnosed in probably 10 or 15 minutes, he's going to be on the fucking thing all fucking day. And he's not going to come up with the right answer either. Okay. And is it his fault? Not really. He's done everything he's needed to do up to this point. He just needs time and experience. And the thing with experience is, boys and girls, you can't buy it. You go to buy experience and they proof you. And no matter how old you are, you're too young to get it. Okay. Number two here on this list here. Never tell your manager about your long-term career plans. Well, you can certainly fucking tell them about your long-term career plans if you want. It says here, never tell them about your long-term career plans if they would disrupt your manager's vision for how his or her department should be staffed. I think that's exactly why you should tell them about your long-term career plans, but not if you're in a white-collar setting. You don't want to do that. You don't You don't upset the manager in a white-collar setting because you want to move up the corporate ladder. And if he's on the ladder above you, you definitely don't want to poke him in the ass or maybe tickle him in the feet or whatever. Um, but in our situation, I think that here again, just like in step one here, you should definitely tell them about your long-term career plans, you know? And, uh, you know, I mean, if, whether he asks you or not, I mean, if he doesn't ask you, why would you bother to tell him? Fuck him. He, he doesn't care about you anyway, probably. You know, that's the thing with our service managers. The, 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 the few that I've seen that were good would care. 
they would care and you could talk to them. But you know, if you had long-term career plans and you're working for a good service manager, you probably want to continue to work there. But if you don't, you have one of these service managers who sits around and doesn't really do much of anything. And, uh, you know, he's not, he's not worth it. He's not worth having in the building. You tell him about your long-term career plans. Maybe he goes, to, oh, gee, if he leaves, I'm going to have to hire somebody to take his place. That means I'm going to have to do some work. Oh, I better I better do something about him not leaving to, to help him not leave. That's just that's just my opinion. I mean, of course, I don't know of any managers who really think correctly. You know, I mean, maybe that's too general of a statement to be fair in all cases. Okay, uh, it says it goes on to say here there is no benefit to telling your boss two years from now. When my wife finishes school, we're going to move back to Philadelphia. I go, well, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't move to Philadelphia. I'm, I'm glad I'm not from Philadelphia. Fuck Philadelphia. If you're listening and you're in Philadelphia, get out. It sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm not a real big fan of Philadelphia, but uh, then again, I've never been there. So how the fuck would I know, right? Okay. But uh, don't do that. Don't tell your boss what you're going to do. Here again, no, I'm going to go up against that advice and say, go ahead and tell your boss what you're going to do. Go ahead and tell him. I think he's going to have to deal with the fact that if they don't treat you right, or if you have plans, either way, you're going to leave. You're going to leave. Because eventually, really, all of us, I mean, in, in the end, we're all going to leave because we're all going to die. Okay, so we're not going to work anywhere forever. Thank you very much. So you have to kind of let them know. Just say, listen, I want to work here till I die because I love this place and I'm getting paid appropriately. But I don't think anybody out there is thinking to themselves that they're going to say that to their manager. Are they now? Maybe in Philadelphia they are. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to run you people in Philly down. I just uh, just try to be funny and it's not working. Uh, don't do it. It says once you are tagged as a short-termer, you will be marginalized and vulnerable to any cutbacks that come along. Really, uh, as an automotive technician, let me tell you something. You are already being marginalized. And what they hate about you is that you are not vulnerable. Okay? They try to keep you vulnerable by not letting you know how difficult it is for them to hire your replacement. Okay, they try to keep you as vulnerable as they can possibly make you. But listen, I'm your Uncle Jimmy. I'm here to tell you fucking straight up, the need for automotive technicians is absolutely earth-shatteringly excruciating. Okay, there's nobody out there. There's nobody out there. They can tell you they have a stack of resumes, a stack of applications if they want. They're from the local trade school and these kids have no fucking experience whatsoever. And they are not going to be able to replace some guy who has even five years or 10 years of experience with a bunch of these fucking two rag wearing skater punks from a fucking trade school. Sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to marginalize the Gen Zers or even the millennials, but basically you come out of trade school. How much of experience do you have? You have none. You have none. Tell me you have a pile of applications from these people who have no experience. Not going to fucking phase me one fucking bit. You want to try to keep me vulnerable. They want to try to keep you vulnerable. They can't fucking do it as long as you have your Uncle Jimmy on your side. Don't feel vulnerable. You could walk across the street and get a job in five minutes. You should try it. I really, I honestly think you should try it. You should go and, you know, like say, let's say there's a Chevy dealer across the street and you're working at the Ford shop. Go across the street and say, hey, you know, I'm a mechanic across the street at the Ford shop, but I, I was thinking about jumping ship to GM. What do you think? They go, when can you start? Seriously, they're going to go, when can you start? They have empty bays. They need people to fix the cars. Okay, maybe there's some places in, on the planet where they don't have a need for a technician, but I can tell you that more often than not, they do. Okay, number three, let's move on here. Never tell your manager anything you heard in confidence from another employee unless it's a safety-related issue. Uh, okay, well, what kind of a safety-related issue are we talking about? Is the guy planning on blowing up the building? Never tell your manager anything you've heard in confidence. You should just not talk to your managers at all, really. I mean, it's just kind of worthless. You know, what are they going to do with the information you give them? They're, gonna, they're not going to do anything with it. 
They're not fucking listening. We did a whole podcast on that. When technicians talk, people don't listen. They don't listen. I don't care. I don't give a fuck what they do in the building. I don't give a fuck what they do. They're not fucking listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break that to you, boys and girls. I'm really sorry. If they're talking, they're talking. But uh, when they're not talking, the ears are off. They're not listening. They don't want your feedback. They, They don't want to know what you're up to. They don't want to hear your stories. They don't want to hear how great this was or how great that was or even why this happened or why that happened. They don't want to hear it. Tell them anything you want. Make up some shit. See what happens. If it doesn't affect them directly, personally, I'm not going to listen to you. You know, if you say to you, and I've, I, I think I did even an episode on this not too long ago where if you want your manager to stop listening to you, if you want them to walk away, just say things like, like, hey, you know what I would do if I were you? Or you know what we need? Those are great ways to make people stop listening to you. You know what you need to do? <laughs> Fucking stop listening to you in seconds. Okay. Now, if your manager, it says here, it goes on, even if your manager is dying to hear the news and thanks you profusely for sharing it. And I don't know, you know, what, it depends on what kind of a, a piece of shit your manager is. <laughs> if whatever you're going to tell him, if he's willing, if he's willing to hear it or he wants to hear it. Uh, I don't know. It, is it good? Is it bad? Who, who even gives a fuck? Why would you even say anything to him? Jesus Christ. I know I'm going to go around. I'm going to go all the way through this particular podcast, beating the fucking shit out of service managers. I know there's some good ones out there. If you have a good one, God bless you. And God bless him or her. Okay. Because it's not, you know, it's not a distinction that a service manager has to be a man. There can be service managers who are women and they can do a perfectly fine job. And I would suspect, honestly, that you would find that a female service manager might be more inclined to do a better job because they're more empathetic. They can empathize with what you have and what your situation is, and they may listen better, okay? But that is also, also too general of a statement to be true in all cases. Some women may become service managers and suck just as bad as men. No further comment on that. Whew. All right, now let's move on here before I say something I regret, uh, as if I haven't already, right? Uh, number four, never tell your manager your personal financial situation. Yeah, right? It's none of their fucking business, okay? If you're struggling to make ends meet, don't tell your manager that because then he thinks you're going to leave for a higher paying job. Well, really, he should already think that anyway, you know? I mean, if you're working away as a, as in really in any position in, in a dealership or even in, you know, like a doctor's office or a lawyer's office or in an insurance company or bank or whatever... Your manager should be worried that you would leave for a higher paying job all the fucking time, especially if they're fucking slacking off on what they're paying you. I want my, I certainly, I, I honestly, I want my manager, I want my general manager, I want them to believe and I want them to worry that all of us technicians will leave them for a higher paying job somewhere else because that is exactly what is going to fucking happen. Every one of the individuals I talk to in my shop has solid, concrete plans for working somewhere else. They don't feel rooted where we are. They don't feel rooted there at all. They don't feel like they're appreciated because they're not. Anytime something goes wrong, it's always the mechanic's fault. It's always the the technician's fault. And we can't do anything right. And and when they need us, we're never there because they always need us at like 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. You know, when they're trying to deliver a car to some guy who got off at work at 6 o'clock like we do. Something in that car is not right. Go find a technician and there's none to be found. All those guys are pieces of shit. They're lazy. They've all gone home for the day. Oh, what the fuck? Seriously, your manager should always be worried that you will leave for a higher paying job. That should be true in every 
automotive repair shop and every dealership in the world, not just this country. Some owners will also judge you harshly for your inability to manage your finances. Well, I got to be honest with you. Uh, If a manager judges me harshly because of my inability to manage my finances when I don't make jack fucking shit, then they can just kiss my fucking ass straight up. Okay, I'll even bear it for them. I'll tell them too. say, listen, you know what? My financial situation is none of your fucking business. And it, by the way, sucks because of you, you fucking cheap cocksucker. Uh, And if you're flush with cash because you are a good saver or for some other reason, your boss may feel jealous and or may feel they don't need to worry about keeping your salary current. They're not worried about keeping our salary current. They're not worried about that. Okay. They should be, but they're not. But anyway, the, the bottom line is, and this is true, keep your financial situation to yourself. You should never tell anybody, this is just general good business rule of thumb, okay? Never tell anybody how much you make. Never tell anybody how much money you have. Never tell them when you got a raise. Never tell them for how much, okay? It creates animosity between you and whoever it is you're talking to because they're going to insist that they're better than you and they should have got a bigger raise or that they're better than you and they should make more than you or that you should be fired and they should give the money that you earn to them. I'm sure some people think that. Okay, let's move on. Number five here, it says, never tell your manager your personal drama. Never really tell anybody your personal drama, okay? That's just really generally over-the-top good advice because if somebody meets you and they find that you're a happy, well-adjusted person appearance-wise and, you know, you're friendly and all that, and then then later on they find out that, oh, you, you know, you you were an acquitted serial killer or whatever, whatever your personal drama is. I mean, you might be a wife beater. Who knows? Don't fucking tell people. Let them figure it out on their own. Now, I'm not saying that if you're a bad person, you should just not tell people things because you don't want them to know you're a bad person. You should not tell people anything, really. Let them figure it out on their own. When people are bored, they will happily listen to friends and family gossip. But later, they will wonder, why is this employee's life always in turmoil? Get your advice and your moral support from somebody else. Don't get it from the people you work with, and especially don't try to get it from your manager. Here again, they don't care, and they're not listening. So that's pretty good advice, actually. All right, never tell your manager that you don't like the company or don't respect the leadership team, even if you feel that you and your boss have a friendly and honest relationship. Well, you want to be friendly with your boss and you tell him, well, you know, the general manager is a piece of shit and, you know, he's always out at the casinos and the strip clubs and whatever. It's like, they don't need to hear that. They probably know that's true. They don't also need to know your opinion on that, really. Should, along with keeping your personal drama to yourself, you should keep your opinion to yourself. Nobody really wants to hear it. One of the famous things we used to say around the shop years ago was, uh, if I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. I don't, don't, don't cough up your opinion. Sometimes I do that, and, and I, I typically find myself regretting it. Unless, of course, my opinion is good, then people love that shit all day long. You know, you tell somebody, hey, you know, you, I'm really impressed with how you do that. That's my opinion. Yes, it is. But they like to hear that stuff. They know what they don't want to hear is, you know what? You're really a piece of shit. And if you just fucking died right here, right now on the floor, I would just kick your dead body until they brought the coroner in to haul you off. And I would help them put the toe tag on. I would tie it really tight in case you weren't fucking dead. Asshole. So keep that kind of opinion. <laughs> that kind of opinion is the opinion you would want to keep to yourself. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's just a good general rule of thumb for human beings all over the planet in any situation, not just a work situation when you're talking to your fellow employees. Okay. How would you feel? goes on to say here, how would you feel if you worked for an organization and one of your employees told you these VPs don't know what they're doing? If you don't like your job, get a new one. 
but don't share your negative assessment of the current leadership team in the meantime. Um, and it's just something that I kind of run into with, uh, and, and here's the, here's the moment where, uh, your uncle Jimmy comes clean. Okay. I never intended for grease the wheels to influence people who weren't auto mechanics. I never intended that. There was no, there was no thought in my mind about anybody out there listening to this who wasn't an auto mechanic or a mechanic of any type, really. My crusade here, it's been going on almost four years now and coming to you almost weekly. We skipped a couple. Sorry. My intention was to kind of build you up in your own estimation, to build up your opinion, to let you know that somebody cared about the trials and tribulations of being a mechanic, automotive or otherwise, okay? And that you're underpaid grossly in some cases, and that there is a great excruciating need for auto mechanics. It's been going on for a long, long time, not just the last four years, it's been going on for a long time. The situation has gotten worse and worse and worse. And, I, and I'm not sure what's gonna happen when we hit the critical mass where all the old guys like myself retire and all that's left of the new guys, and out of the new guys, probably only a handful are going to be any good at all. I mean, I don't really wish that onto the business, onto the industry, or to the customers even, because some of them are cool. But the businesses who try to bring service about, you know, whether it's a car dealership or whether it's an auto repair shop or whatever, they have created this situation, and they are struggling like a motherfuckers to fix it. And they have no idea how to fix it. And I have told them straight up how to fix it. But I never once for a second thought that anyone anywhere in management, anywhere in the country or in the world for that matter, would listen to this and draw some sort of inspiration from it as to how to treat mechanics, how to pay mechanics, how to make them feel wanted and appreciated. But you know what? I was wrong. I have seen and heard evidence that to me indicates that people higher up in positions than even managers are paying attention. Somebody's listening. Somebody's somebody somewhere is listening and realizing that this guy, this asshole who swears every other word, what the fuck? What, why doesn't he just shut up? Well, he's not going to shut the fuck up. He's going to go on and on, okay? He feels like it's his duty to inform the people he's talking to that they're, that they're grossly, they're being mistreated. And the people who aren't mechanics who are listening, some of those people are the people who are performing the mistreating. And maybe they sincerely want to stop that shit, put the kibosh on it. They don't want it to happen anymore because they need us. They fucking need us, boys and girls. That's what it comes down to. They need us. How can you say to yourself, I don't want to pay more to hire better technicians when you have customers waiting two and three weeks, some cases two and three months to get their fucking cars in your door? How can you sit there and say, well, I don't want to spend any more money on payroll for technicians? Well, then you're going to lose all that money for those people who can't get the fuck in your door. They're going to have to change your attitudes. They're going to have to change the way they think. They're going to have to change the way they treat us. They're going to have to change everything about how they handle us, how they handle us, how they work with us, how they, how they look at us, how they hire us how they fire us, how they pay us. They're going to have to change everything. I have seen evidence. I have heard things and seen things that prove to me that some people at the top or at least closer to the top are in fact listening. And if you're one of those people in management, look, it's pretty simple. You can fix all of your problems. I'm just going to tell you right now, you can fix all of your problems with a healthy wage, a healthy wage. It's really, really pretty simple. If this job of being an auto mechanic paid well enough for us to afford to buy a house, 
paid well enough for us to afford to buy a car and have a family, if it paid that well, okay, now think about how much you're making and how well you live and think about paying us a salary that might be somewhat commensurate with what you're making, okay? Think about that for a second. Do you think people would flock to that occupation? you goddamn right they would. If the job, the job doesn't have to be glamorous. It doesn't have to be easy. It can be harder. It's getting harder. What the hell? Why don't you just own up? Say, hey, look, this job's getting hard. I need smart people to do it. I need to pay them. These people want pay equal with a very good lifestyle so that they can live in an area where maybe the, the standard of living is high instead of having to move to the, to the country and live in a shack to afford to work there. The people are just gonna have to step up. Money will, money will fix the problem. Okay, because I'll tell you right now, and, and this is just a scenario you can you can put you could take this one to the bank if you want. If the job I work at right now paid a salary, okay, and that's part of the problem. If the job I work at right now paid a salary and it was six digits, hundred grand right across the board, I would do the exact same things I do now, where I make a, a fairly significant amount less than hundred grand a year. I would do the same thing. I would provide the same services. I would do the services the same way only I would feel a lot better about it. And I would tell my friends or anybody that I encountered, hey, if you wanna make a good a good solid wage and do things that you love, you can come work for us. The word of mouth of technicians is, is incredible. We all know, all of us as technicians, and I know you're all shaking your head, we all know technicians from throughout the country. I know technicians in California, Washington State, Nebraska, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, I've met technicians from all over the fucking planet. I have met them from all over the planet through this website, through this through this podcast, through our website. I have met and talked to technicians from all over the place. We talk to each other. We know how much we're making in this part of the country or in that part of the country. If you decide that you want to have quality employees with experience training in your building, you're just going to have to fork over with the do-re-mi. That's it. You almost don't have to do anything else. Just pay us. That's all we're asking you to do. That's all this podcast is about. If you're in management, whether you're just a service manager or a general manager, or maybe you're the operating manager, or maybe you're on the board of directors of one of these great big fucking conglomerate car dealerships, figure it out. You need to pay us. Otherwise, we're going to keep moving around like ants. You step on one ant hill, we move to another one. Not going to pay us. Continue and enjoy Enjoy the continuation of the problems you have. All right, now moving on here. Sorry about the rant, guys. Uh, it just it, every once in a while, you have to you have to just talk to the people who aren't mechanics who are listening. Number seven: Never tell you, never tell your manager that they need to deal with another employee's issue. Another number seven: Never tell a manager they need to deal with another employee's issue. Someone who comes in late, makes a lot of mistakes, blah 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 blah. Uh, you should just ignore that, right? No, fuck that. You should tell your manager, say this kid. He's going to continue to come in late. I'm just going to start showing up after him, okay? You understand that if you let one person get away with doing shit that isn't copacetic, you might just as well expect everyone else to start doing shit that isn't copacetic either. If you come in 10, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour late, and nobody says a motherfucking word to you, guess what? If I'm running late, I'm just going to keep running late. I don't give a fuck. Obviously, you don't give a fuck. Never tell your manager that? No, fuck that. You should tell him. Say, listen, if you're going to put up with this guy being late, then I'm going to start being late. Okay, do you see how this happens? It's a it's a snowball effect, kind of a domino thing, okay? Like communism in the 60s, it's gonna suck up all the uh, all the Asian states, okay? 
Now, if your manager doesn't have a problem with one of your coworkers, then your job is to back off and practice your deep breathing. Okay, if people are doing things you don't like, probably you're just going to have to deal with it, honestly. Because, you know, I mean, you could, you could work next to a guy who's a slob, you know, empty parts boxes all over the floor, coolant, oil all over the floor. He's tracked it all over the fucking place. If it's not bothering your manager, telling him about it isn't going to help you at all. You got two things you can do. You can either ask him to move you away from this fucking slob or you can clean it up or you can quit and go work somewhere else where they don't have any slobs. But I tell you right now, you're not going to find a place like that. <laughs> There's a slob in every shop and some of them have multiple slobs. And some of those sl- <laughs> some of those fucking slobs have a club, the slob club. <laughs> I'm sure that's not happening, but... <laughs> It sounds about right, though, with the fucking messes that they make. All right, let's move on here. I'm just really, really getting punchy here. I'm sorry about that. Number eight, never tell your manager that unless X or Y happens, you will quit your job. Nah, here again, this is great advice for people in the white collar world, but it sucks. It sucks for automotive mechanics. Never tell your job that unless X or Y happens, you will quit your job. No, okay, X or Y are values or mathematical values for unknown subjects. But Well, let me fill in the blanks for you. Never tell your manager that unless you get a raise or you get better working conditions, you will quit your job. But then you got to kind of mean it. Uh, It says here underneath that, no one likes ultimatums. Well, you know what, though? No one likes ultimatums. Nobody likes to have somebody say to them, oh, you're going to have to do this or else this is going to happen. Yeah, well, guess what? You know, as far as I'm concerned, okay, like I said to you, we're in huge, huge, there's a huge, huge shortage of auto mechanics and we can go anywhere. And I mean, I'm telling you right now, I got I'm on a day off today. And I think the next time I have a day off, I may go out, print off about a dozen resumes and hand them out to the dealerships that are surrounding the dealership I work at and see how many of them call me up and want to give me a job. So what that says to me is, you know what? Here's an ultimatum. I can find another job instantly. You need to pay me more. Nobody's going to like that. Nobody's going to want to hear that. Nobody in management's going to want to hear that. You know, if you don't give me another, if you don't give me more money, I'm just going to leave. And I already have eight jobs lined up. Nobody likes that. Too fucking bad. Lots of times when you drop an ultimatum on somebody, it's a fucking do or die situation where, hey, you don't fucking perk up and start fucking paying me. I'm going to leave. It's an ultimatum. Sure. But then you got to follow through. Ultimatums don't work unless you fucking follow through. Ask President Barack Obama. He dropped an ultimatum on the Syrians and they fucking, they defied it and he didn't do shit. So we lost a lot of credibility as a nation. If you're going to, if you're going to deliver an ultimatum, you better be ready to back it up. That's all I'm going to say. Your manager isn't going to like it. I can tell you that right now. You drop any kind of an ultimatum on him. You know, you could say, unless you get me a pizza, unless you get, unless you buy the shop lunch, I'm going to go to lunch and not come back to work. And he's going to be like, whatever. That's, that's still an ultimatum. It's not a very good one, but you know, be ready to follow through on it. If he doesn't buy you lunch, fucking go home, make lunch. Fall asleep on the couch, come in the next day. So where'd you go? I told you I wasn't going to come to work if you didn't buy lunch, fuck face. <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm getting punchy. We're going to go to number nine here. Number nine is never tell your manager that you want his or her job. Uh, here again, I don't think that, I mean, obviously in a white collar world, you don't want to do that really. Uh, because probably that your manager, your specific manager in a white collar world is one of many managers. And uh, these people have to uh, perform and you think you could perform better than them. That's okay for you to think that. That's great. Uh, if you tell them you want their job, I would say knock yourself out. You can have it. Fuck you. You can do my job better than me. You deserve it. What makes you think you can do your job better than me? I don't know. Um, if your manager, if your manager has such a fragile ego that telling him you want his job makes him all anxious, not fearful, but anxious, then fuck him. Fuck him. Tell him to grow a set of balls and say, yeah, well, we'll fucking go for it, bitch. 
Go for it, asshole. Whatever. You're going to find out how hard it is, and you're going to fail faster than I am. <laughs> uh, one day, you could try, you could even try saying, one day I'd like to have your job. Uh, you know, you could, you could say that. Now, I don't want to be a service manager. Let me just put, let me just put that out there right now. I don't want to be a service manager because I'll be, I'll be frank with you. Okay. And I give them a lot of shit. And I, I think in a lot of cases, they deserve a lot of shit, but they also deserve some credit for some of the things that they do actually do. And some of the things that they do actually do, I'm quite sure that they would not want to do them at all if they didn't have to. One of the things they have to do, they have to be a lightning rod for when things fuck up. If something gets fucked up in our shop, we send somebody up to get the service manager. If something's wrong, if something goes wrong, something gets broken, we tell the service manager. Whether he does something about it or not, yeah, well, they usually don't, but uh, you know, that's what we do. Also too, when the service advisors have a problem, they go to the service manager. When the customers have a problem, especially if they have a problem with the service advisors, they go to the service manager. When the general manager has a problem with the service department or how service customers are handled or or even a service advisor or a technician, they go to the service manager. The service manager is basically a great big human lightning rod for all the fucking problems in the service department or anything related to the service department. Is it an easy job? Fuck. No, it's not. Fuck. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you about a problem we had right now. We, we They hired a kid and look at, I'm an old guy. So everybody's a kid to me. So fucking don't worry about it. This guy's an adult, but... Uh, he's not too bright. I think his IQ gets measured on a Richter scale. He backed uh, a truck into a door. He ruined the fucking shit out of the door. He ruined the shit out of the truck. Truck had a the truck had a thousand miles on it. The door probably is going to cost more than the truck. More more to fix than the truck because it's one of them automatic doors that opens and closes really fucking fast when it works. When it isn't bowed out from having a vehicle run into it. And this is a guy that our service manager hired. So now he has to deal with the fact that he hired a fucking idiot, a stupid fucking idiot who can't do his job right. And any damage, anything that he does wrong, any damage that he creates, is really the service manager's fault. And I'm sure that the service manager is going to hear about it. And if he doesn't blame himself even a little bit, then he's just no good at being a service manager. It's his fault. And uh, he kind of has to fucking, he kind of has to suck up the blame. He has to suck it up. Buttercup, seriously, if you're a service manager and you do a lot of hiring, boy, you have to figure out pretty much right away whether or not somebody's going to be a good fit for your dealership, for your shop. You're going to have to figure that out right away. And if you make a mistake, you're going to have to rectify that shit right away. Okay. And it's usually if you've made a big mistake and hired a fucking, let me put it as straight as I can, folks, a retard, you got to put them out the door. You got to figure out a way to put them out the door. I think that in most places they get 90 days. And you can fire them for whatever reason you want. And 90 days after that, you kind of kind of hang on to them and have a real good reason for firing them. That isn't just because he looks stupid. See, I don't know. I don't know the rules where I'm at. I know the rules where I was. So it's real easy for me to comment from the the back row of the theater about how the actors are acting. But uh, it's, it's, it's a more difficult job than we like to let on as far as being a service manager. You're really just a, a big, fat, huge fucking scapegoat. Seriously. And uh, it's got to suck. It's got to suck. And sometimes sometimes I believe that it's uh, uh, when you deal with them and they have this particular manner about them, it's the reason why, because it's a job that does suck. When you have to deal with people, see, that's the thing. I'm a mechanic. You're a mechanic. We're all people who work on cars. We don't typically talk to customers very often at all. I would say probably here's some Uncle Jimmy made up numbers. 90% of customers are cool 
or, or semi-smart, semi-intelligent, or at least intelligent enough to know that you know more about their car than they do. And when they talk to you, they and you talk to them, they listen, they hear what you're saying. If you're any good at all at vocalizing or verbalizing what's going on with their car and how it's supposed to work and why it's not, then you shouldn't have any problem. But there's about 10% of people out there, maybe it's closer to five, that are fucking unreasonable and stupid as fucking hell. And then terrible. And that's one of the reasons why I don't want to deal with customers at all. I've been in retail and I've dealt with customers in the past. And uh, the ratio of, of reasonable people to unreasonable people got to be too much. And I don't want to deal with unreasonable people. I don't want to do it. So, And your manager has to deal with them when they're being uber unreasonable because they've already used up all of their reason dealing with the service advisor. And sometimes that doesn't go anywhere at all. And then you have to come in and sweep up this great, big, huge, bloody mess. Okay. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, this is number 10, and this is the last one on the list, and so we'll get the podcast over with right after this. Uh, never tell your manager that you feel overqualified and stuck in your job. No, here again, this is a great policy for white-collar workers, but for automotive technicians, I think you need to fucking blast them in the face with this one. I think you need to give them this whole I'm overqualified facial. Never tell your manager that you feel overqualified and stuck in your job. No, you should always tell them that. Say, listen, I am overqualified for the work that you bring me and I am stuck. I am stuck at this rate of pay. I'm stuck in this shop. I'm stuck working on this bullshit. I'm overqualified for the bullshit I'm working on. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. I'm going to challenge myself to, to find a job that's harder and pays more. And you as a manager should either say, you know what? I think that that's a good idea if the guy's kind of whiny and he is overqualified. Say, listen, I don't want to hold you back. I don't want to hold you down. Go find greener pastures, my friend. Um, but if your manager is, uh, and most managers aren't very savvy, they might say, oh, I really need you here. Uh, you know, if you're doing the job and it's just mind-numbingly boring and, you know, you're not getting the kind of work you need and it's not it's it's not causing you to to, to be excited about the challenge at all or you're not doing really the kind of work you want to do, then go ahead. Tell them you're overqualified and stuck and then fucking update the resume and get the fuck out of there. Get out of there. It's not your manager's job to manage your career. That is your job. Yeah, exactly. Don't uh, don't tell the manager that you're stuck and overqualified and don't do anything about it. He's What's he going to do about it? If you're stuck and overqualified, what's he going to do? Bring in, bring in shit that's harder for you to fix, uh, move you around in your job, maybe give you a different job title. None of that shit's any good. And that's just really fixing any problems. Sometimes managing your own career takes us up and out of your current workplace. That's part of the journey. That it's correct as well. Sometimes managing your own career, manage your own career. Um, and that's something as a technician, it's managing your own career is kind of, uh, I don't know, it's not something that's really that fruitful. I mean, as an auto mechanic, you're just lumped in, you're lumped in with all other auto mechanics, whether they started yesterday or they started 40 years ago. You're all auto mechanics, you're technicians, you can call yourself whatever you want. You can even specialize in whatever you want. If you're a mechanic, you're a mechanic, that's it. It's almost like being born a boy or a girl. You're going to be a boy all your life, you're going to be a girl all your life. It doesn't matter how you self-identify. You have the uh, you have the predisposition in the DNA of a boy or a girl. Either way, you're going to be that way your whole life. You can, you can change whatever you want about that you as a mechanic you can change whatever you want about that you can call yourself a mechanic you can call yourself a grease monkey you can call yourself a wrench twister you can call yourself a technician you can make up some fancy new name for what you are you're still the same thing you're a mechanic you're a technician okay i don't know which which one i prefer uh at any given time uh when i'm asked what i do i say i'm either a mechanic or a technician i try not to come off as being uh pretentious sometimes it doesn't work i'll tell most people i'm just a mechanic i'm just a mechanic and it satisfies my need 
to show that I'm kind of a downtrodden occupation and that uh, I probably deserve more respect than even I'm giving myself. But there it is. I'm a mechanic. I get greasy and dirty. That's what I do. That's my job. I fix things, you know. Usually once I tell somebody I'm a mechanic, they uh, beat feet away from me anyway. They don't really want to know me. They don't want to talk to me. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of like an occupational typhoid Mary kind of a thing, you know. Oh, he's infected with being a mechanic. Ugh, stay away from him. I don't want to catch that germ. <laughs> oh, never tell your manager that you feel overqualified and stuck. No, go ahead and tell him that. And then start looking for a job. And really, I think with all 10 of these points here, as far as not trying to upset your manager, I think that I've just debunked them all. By saying, go ahead and tell your manager anything you fucking want. doesn't matter. He's not listening. And what you should do as a technician really is you should always be out there looking for different opportunities to better your pay, better your situation, better your outlook, uh, better everything, really. Okay, because I've, I've been to some shops and I've worked in some shops where they do a fine job of making you feel wanted and appreciated, but they don't pay very well. I've been in some other shops where they pay a little bit better, but they don't they don't treat you with any kind of appreciation. You don't get that from those people. They're paying you. They think that that's enough. And yet I've, I have yet to see a shop where you're treated like a, a, a viable uh, human being, treated well, treated like family maybe, paid well. Your opinions matter. You're appreciated. Uh, the whole Megillah, I don't think that there's anywhere I've ever been where they've got all of that. Uh, there are some places that are getting better. Like I said, I think some of these, uh, some of the people who run these shops might be listening to Grease the Wheels. <laughs> that would be kind of shocking. But the answers are here. Okay. I speak for you. I hear a lot of you people say, hey, you know, he isn't always right, but pretty much he's dead on with describing the fucking job, describing the job as it exists in my particular dealership or in my particular shop. This guy has seen it. He, I can tell he's seen it because he's describing the shit that happens to me every fucking day. So what you have to do is in some cases, if you have poor management and you have a crappy shop and you have crappy work to do and you make a crappy amount of money is you have to grab yourself by the bootstraps and start pulling your shit upwards. Find a place that's going to take care of you, hopefully. Find a place that's going to pay you more, hopefully. Find a place that's going to challenge you, allow you to grow uh, by learning how to do the job better, getting experience at a place where getting experience means something. Being an automotive technician that does the job well and enjoys doing the job well and is always offering great, great value to the customers that he services offering the great value that their service advisors and the service managers and the shop owners are, are telling their customers they're going to get. Yeah, that's it. That's the end all to be all. You know, I think that the main word in all of this right down here to the end, because I'm going to sign off here in a second. The main word to the end, and I beat this over your head, is value. What's the value of a good technician? What's the value of a happy customer? What is the value? You have to value these values. You have to examine these values for yourself. You have to determine what your value is to you, what your value is to your employer, what your value is uh, as a customer from a, a shop. Everybody has to determine what their value is. And if they devalue you, then you need to get the fuck out. <laughs> All right, that's enough of Uncle Jimmy here. Try not to upset your managers, but definitely tell them that you're a lot better than he thinks. And, and when he's not listening, tell him you're going to get the fuck out. Give him two weeks notice. Who knows? You might go somewhere that sucks and you might want to get back to where you are. Uh, and it's going to be tough if you just walk out the door like I did in a couple of shops. They would never want me back. And uh, I don't blame them. And, uh, but frankly, I don't want to go back. So there. So there. <laughs> I get the upper hand again. Uh, this is your Uncle Jimmy. He's going to go practice some other things with his hand. Uh, but he signs off every week the same exact way. He just says, see ya.